Hey friends, this is Allison and Becky, and you're listening to Two American Bees in a Mexican Podcast. Woohoo! So, hey everybody, uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, getting back to routine maybe as you're listening to this. Um, we're excited about our episode today because today we're talking all about new beginnings, what it feels like, what it looks like, some new beginnings that we've seen from people around us, and we're excited about it, and we hope that you have a lot of hope in your heart for this new year and for starting over again in some areas of your life. So we hope you enjoy it. So one of the things that I really like about both birthdays and New Year is it kind of feels like a blank slate almost. Like, it does. Doesn't it? Yes. Like you have the whole, this whole year to kind of start over and be refreshed. And mm-hmm. um, and it's a good, it's also a good time to kind of reflect and look back on the last year and also look forward to this next year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so we um, have some really fun stories about new beginnings. And one of the new beginnings that maybe was my favorite new beginning this last year was Maddie, my now six-year-old daughter. (laughs) She's six. She's six. She just had a birthday. (laughs) Um, She started taking ballet lessons. And she, I mean, we've known that she always loves to dance. She just kind of dances around the house. Whatever she's doing, she's always just kind of dancing. Or whenever she hears music, she just starts dancing. But she started ballet classes, uh-huh. and I mean, I don't know how long it'll last. It may just be, it may be a passing phase, but right now in her life, that new beginning was so special to her, and she just loves it. Oh my she gosh. just loves it. She gets home from ballet class and will say things like, I think, I think I'm going to be a ballerina when I grow up, oh or my. I think I want to keep doing this even when I'm old, and you oh. know, stuff like that. She just loves it, and watching someone you love discover something that they love is one of the best things, and it's yeah. it's been so fun to just kind of watch her love of dancing and, uh-huh. and just grow, and also her love of being around other people. It's just another time in her life that she gets to be around other girls her age, and that's also another thing that she loves. Well, I mean, since she's been little bitty, she's been like doing all the dramatic movements from every Disney movie she's ever seen. And so it's just (laughs) natural that she would go this way. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite, one of my favorite memories of her is, you're going to have to help me out with this because I'm not a young mother anymore. So I don't know all the things I'm talking about. But isn't it Let It Go where she went to the end of the couch? She stood up on the end of the couch. It's and... Into the Unknown. Oh, OK, good. Yes. Well, whatever. Yeah, she like stands up uh, in the movie. Elsa ends like on the edge, on of, the the edge of a cliff or something with her arm outstretched. <laughs> and so Maddie always climbs up onto the couch and like stretches her arm out. <laughs> we had a few like mo- there were moments of panic sheer panic when the song was coming to an end and there would be like laundry on the couch or something and she couldn't get up to the back of the couch yeah (laughs) (laughs) so she's been waiting for this moment for a long time I just can't imagine how much she loves it yes her moment has come and she danced this year in the Nutcracker and it was wonderful oh for all of us oh yay maddie yeah so that that's one of my favorite new beginnings that we lived this year last year that's a good one one of mine is just happening right now as we're 
you know, recording Ooh. this. And that is our, we have a very dear friend, uh, fellow missionary woman that lives in our city, and she has gotten COVID, and she has been at the point of death. Ugh. She just has been at death's door for a long while. I think they're on like day 30 or something oh. of COVID. And, yeah. and just this last week, she started eating food and she started sitting up a little bit and she asked for her iPad so that she could read her emails Aww. and stuff. And so, gosh, w when you said, let's talk about new beginnings, I just all of a sudden thought of her and I just yeah. thought that must what must that feel like to just come back from that close of of leaving this world and to you know open your eyes and see your family and and start to think about getting back into the world again and how her family must feel yeah. you know it's this just new watching hope it. that yes. they all have yeah wow so that's super sweet to me yeah that is that's something to celebrate for sure mm -hmm. well okay so my next story the next this was actually the first thing that I thought of when when we were talking about new beginnings and this didn't happen this last year but it's definitely worthy a story worthy of telling so this was a couple years ago. We had at youth camp, of course, it's a story about youth camp. Um, there was a camper there who just from the very beginning, it was just obvious that he didn't want to be there. He was, I think he was 18 years old. So, you know, he was an adult and mm -hmm. he was only there because his parents forced him to go and, and he just wanted absolutely no part of what was going on. Um, and we started to kind of notice that he would go off by himself a lot. And then one of our counselors told us that his cabin kind of smelled like marijuana oh. so we went and checked and he definitely had brought some marijuana with him and was smoking it in the cabin Ugh. and so you know pulled him aside and we talked to him and we always try really hard we've that's not the first time that that's happened um but we always try really hard to not send those kids home because those are the those are the kids that need to be there the most yeah uh, but they obviously can't be doing that at camp Right. So Hans talked to him um, and he just said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to stay. You can't make me. I'm, I'm an adult. You can't keep me here. That's kidnapping. And if I want to leave, I'm going to leave. And so he said, if you don't give me a ride, he was from he was not from Ensenada. He was from a different city. And he said, if you don't give me a ride to the bus station, I'm just going to go up on the road and I'm going to hitchhike back to town and I will get myself to the bus station oh my and so he went and he packed up his bags and he started walking and so the director of Agua Viva um he was you know in on all this conversation and knew it was happening and and we knew we couldn't let him hitchhike mm -hmm. back to town so he gave him a ride and said if you know if he's this dead set on leaving we'll we'll do what we can and so he gave him a ride and I think he even paid for his bus ticket to go back home so he left and that was kind of the last that we had heard of him. Oh, my. And then, yeah, I mean, we made him, we ma we were in contact with his parents mm -hmm. and made sure that he was home, got home safely and explained the situation to them. Um, But didn't, didn't, didn't hear anything else about him. Didn't really expect to hear anything else. He was super closed to what, what we were doing at youth camp. He wanted no part of it. And so then the next year, a full year later, we are announcing that we need counselors and staff and this person this camper 
writes us a message on Facebook. And he said, you're not going to believe this, but something happened when I was at camp. Something was happening in me, and I didn't even know what was happening. And I came home, and I started to, to look into it, and I went and talked to this pastor that I knew, and I started going to church. And oh, my god! I know. I know. And he goes, now I need to go back. He's, he didn't say I want to. He said I need to go back, and I need to be a part of telling those other teenagers that that God that you guys kept talking about, that he's real. <gasps> I know. Oh Doesn't it give you goosebumps? Yes. And totally. so something, something that he heard, I mean, he was there. I think he was there for just the first night. It was the second day of camp that he left. But in those 24 hours that he was there, some seed was planted that completely changed his oh, life praise the lord praise god that's yeah. so beautiful isn't that sweet yes yes and those are the moments that make you think every single oh, sleepless gosh. night over youth camp is worth it right yes absolutely oh that's super exciting wow that's cool um, my next one is kind of a personal one. It's kind of sweet. My uh -huh. son, Justin, and his wife, Rosita, got married in 2017. Um, and right before they got married, they bought a property together, mm -hmm. and they wanted to build a house. And they've wanted to build a house, and they've made plans to build a house. They've got plans drawn up for a house, and then, you know, realized that it was way more house than they could ever afford mm -hmm. so then they got a little sad and they just kind of did nothing for a while and then they got a new plan and it was way simplified but it still was way too much money and mm -hmm. that and then it got tabled again and they were a little sad about it yeah and um and then they decided to just go with that second plan, but just do one-fourth of the project, mm -hmm. um, which actually turns out to be more than one-fourth of the project because you still have to put in, you know, even though it's one-fourth of the project, you still have to put in electricity and right. water and drainage and everything, yeah. sewer and everything. So, you know, it's it's been one-fourth plus of the project, but they have been working on it mm -hmm. and they have been making it and they're getting toward the very end of that first phase of the project and hopefully if not by Christmas we're we're recording this before <laughs> Christmas if not by Christmas they might be they might actually be in by the time Yay! you guys are listening to this so that's just super exciting oh, it's been so exciting. four years they've been married for going on five years now and yeah. so they're gonna get to be in their own place yay it's been a long time coming yeah so that's a very sweet new beginning that you know? is really sweet yeah oh yay yay um okay so this next one also happened a couple years ago and i think you also have a story about yeah. this same thing mm -hmm. um so it was uh, September 29th, 2013. Yes, 2013. Okay. Um, and there was a big fire at Agua Viva. It's close to Agua Viva. And there's always big fires close to Agua Viva. Yeah. It's been kind of amazing to see how God has protected that land. But this time the fire came even closer and actually burned 
several things on Agua Viva's property art. The shop was completely burned down. You know, the workshop that the men work in. Mm -hmm. Um, There were, what else? There were a couple cabins that were a little charred. Yeah, that got singed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember, I just remember when we got back into the campground, those of us who got in right as they first let us back in after uh-huh. they fought the fire were like doubling over with gratefulness to God that it didn't get worse because it, it was so close and it was so hot and it was so big. Yeah. I mean, that ch- shop was huge. It was huge. And middle. Yeah. And, and it, it was burned gone. It down. Was gone. It was gone. And everything inside of it. Yeah. So, you know, they, it burned the cross. It burned the cross. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And things like the generator house. I mean, we could go on and on about this, about how amazing it was that Agua Viva is still standing after mm-hmm. this fire. Because like the generator house it, is a building with two rooms. And in one room was the generator with giant things of diesel. Right. And the other room was highly flammable buckets of paint and the fire just burned all around it and for there's I mean no explanation other than the hand of God that building didn't explode you know I know I remember also seeing that it burned onto the oak trees and they they had always told us that if the oak trees catch on fire you're doomed because what happens with oak trees is there's so much old leafage in around it and and in it that mm-hmm. they just explode yeah and so if one explodes it explodes onto the next one which so we had a whole we had a whole oak tree that was burnt that was right next to a building mm-hmm. and singed the building Ugh. and it and it didn't, it explode, didn't explode and it didn't start a whole fire down the creek bed and it didn't burn that building down yeah i have the, i have a pretty incredible picture that um, I think I took it as we were driving like from the road kind of above camp. It's a little bit of a bird's eye view, view looking down. And you can see there's a circle of green, which is Agua Viva. And the fire, it was like the fire burned a few things on the outside of Agua Viva and then split and just burned all the way around <sighs> it and then came back together. Yeah, we'll put the, I'll look for that picture and we'll put it up on our Instagram so oh you can just see. Gosh. But anyway, so getting back to my story. Yes. One of the other things that was burned is the cross Mm -hmm. and if you haven't been to Agua Viva there's this white cross that has been there forever forever um up on up on one of the hills and it's kind of one of the first things you see is you you know pull around the corner yeah it's kind of iconic curve yeah kind of iconic for Agua Viva yeah Yeah. and people hike up there and do devotionals and stuff anyway that cross was burned and it was the way that it was built was it was metal rods on the inside of it and then there's it must have been wood around the outside that was painted white and so the wood was all burned off but the metal rods kind of the structure Mm -hmm. the shape of the cross were still there And so we decided that the very first thing that we needed to do as a staff was to rebuild that cross. Mm. And so we all went up there together as a staff. And of course, the our maintenance guys had it all ready to go and had the pieces cut and stuff. But then each person on staff took a turn climbing up the ladder and like nailing in the cross. So every single person was a part of rebuilding that cross, that Mm. kind of iconic Agua Viva cross and that was just the sweetest and it had it had just been a hard year it was like the fire was just kind of like the last thing and just a really really hard year but it was just a sweet moment of kind of coming together as a staff and getting to do that all together and every single person was a part of 
of that new beginning at oh, Agua Viva. Gosh, it was that really was sweet. So sweet. Um, yeah, my story goes along with that, and that is that I was helping at that time pretty heavily in mm-hmm. the seminary. Mm-hmm. And so we used to take turns giving the devotionals to the students in the morning. And one morning I took my students up to the cross and we had our devotional up at the cross. And it just happened to be about kind of about new beginnings. Uh-huh. And this was a little later in the semester than that. So maybe about November-ish, early November okay, or something. Okay, so a couple months after the yeah. fire. And we've walked up there, and and it was charred all yeah. around that cross, uh-huh. just charred. Every single thing was just burnt up. But when we went up there, all the plants had started sprouting a little bit of new life. Aww. And it was just, it was, you know, in a bad year, you, you mentioned that it was a hard year that yeah. year. In a bad year to see the way God restores things and renews things, it just brought so much hope to my heart. And yeah. everybody felt it that morning. We just all felt like, Thank you, God, for reminding us that, you know, what looks like the end is not the end. Mm -hmm. It's not the end. You can always bring some new life out of it. And it was just so precious. Isn't God good? Yeah, really, really. Just he just has characteristics that are full of hope and goodness. Yeah, even even when we can't see hope and goodness with human our human eyes. Yeah. God is still full of hope and goodness. And moving. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Give him yeah. chills. <laughs> wow. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, um, a new year is always kind of fun because you can set new goals and you have this whole, like, just like we said, it's like a blank slate and you have a lot to look forward to. But it's also a really good time to kind of look back and reflect on last year, the last year and the lessons that we've learned. And so now we want to talk about some of the things that we've learned this last year. Yeah, go for it. Tell All us right. One. All right. Well, one of the things and I don't know, I feel like mine are kind of silly, but nah, <laughs> nothing silly. But it's I'm just maybe kind of late to the game learning these things. Um, anyway, one of the things that I, that I'm learning to do more and more, and it's something that you've been saying to me for years is that once, once there's some wrinkles on my face and a few more years of experience under my belt, um, people will just kind of start taking me more seriously. And I think that I'm finally kind of to the point. I know that's a fun moment. I know where people are, you know, they, they can, they recognize that. I have some a little more life experience than I did when I was 20. Um, and I'm, it's also, I think it's also given me this kind of courage to just make my own decisions and do what I, what is right for me and my family and to just not even worry, you know, to not worry about it. So I think one of the things that I'm truly learning is to just, is to do the best thing for me Mm -hmm. and my family Uh and and it's okay if people don't agree with it or don't think that that's the right thing because that's a, that's just okay because yes. I'm doing the right thing for me. Yes. And a lot of times they really respect you for owning it, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and not trying to be pretend that you don't 
want to do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. But that's a big moment. Yeah. Becky. That, so, I remember thanks. when that happened to me. So that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It feels kind of good. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> thanks. Okay, one thing that I have learned is funny. You'll get a kick out of it. <laughs> and that is, I don't I don't think I'm a hyper-secure person. I think I have a decent amount of insecurities. But every now and then, I start to feel like there are a couple things in this life that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I had this experience this year where I felt like I did all things right. And that I was going to nail something. Uh-huh. And I did not nail it. And so my lesson learned is I I haven't got it made. I just, you don't get to the point. I, I guess my lesson learned is that you don't get to the point where you can just rest in huh. that you can do something. Uh-huh. You always need to, you know, give it your best and be humble about it not working out the way you want and and face it so that was good what happened was I they asked me to do the women's retreat this year oh yeah to be the speaker at the women's retreat and they gave me this topic that was really vast Mm -hmm. and so I put my whole life into it I mean I just I mean I was like preparing for the SAT or something Uh I was (laughs) I studied the, I mean, I didn't study Greek, but I studied people who have studied Greek right, and, you right. know, like got the words and figured out what they meant and, and just did all this work and, and worked on it and worked on it and got it just to the right way of saying it. And it just, there were like pearls of wisdom uh-huh. in it. And I just felt like God had given me all of it and I was feeling so good about it. Yeah. And it just kind of flopped. It just Aww. kind of across the board flopped. And I think maybe, I mean, I can think of a million reasons why it flopped. Mm -hmm. But bottom line, what I'm taking away from it is, you know, God, God teaches us in a whole bunch of ways. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he teaches us by letting us be good at things when we didn't think we were going to be. And sometimes he teaches us by humbling us in new ways where we thought something was going to go well. And it's a good lesson. It's been a really, really good lesson to just kind of stand back and say, okay, try again next time. And, you know, it's okay that, you know, it didn't go great. And it makes me lean harder into God Mm -hmm. and, and depend on my, my good feelings about myself from him and not what ooh I'm so capable of doing uh-huh. and it just was really good yeah well didn't you pray that one time and ask God to keep you humble oh yes <laughs> there was that time about five million years ago that I said God just don't ever let me be anything but humble <laughs> and he's been answering that prayer a big time ever since <laughs> Well, and I also have to say, I've heard you speak enough times and I've heard you teach enough times that I can't imagine that it was a complete flop. (laughs) I can't even imagine that that's the truth. Well, it kind of was. But anyway, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the other thing that I learned this year is, and I once again, I feel like this is one of those things I should just known, but maybe, I I don't know, I'm just going to say it. And if you think I'm silly, then... 
I don't care. <laughs> yes, you own it, girlfriend. <laughs> um, so I was I read this book by an author named Becky Thompson, and in it she said something like, "Our feelings don't change God's truth, or God's <laughs> or I know God's truth doesn't change because of our feelings." <laughs> and which that's something like, well, yeah, obviously, God's truth doesn't change. But if you really, I I like really sat on that one and really thought it through and it kind of has been a little life-changing for me and you know every time I start to feel something that goes against God's truth like if I feel like well God doesn't really care about this part of my life oh. or I, you know I don't see God working in this part of my life oh. and he, which can lead to some hopelessness and you know depending I guess depending on how far you go down that trail um can lead to sadness and you know just that feeling of alone but and so I'm learning to stop myself at the very beginning of those thoughts and say wait the truth that I know that I've grown up learning and knowing is that God is with me at all times and God does care Mm -hmm. and so just because I'm feeling this way doesn't make that truth any less true oh does that kind of make sense that makes so much sense and if we could all just keep in mind the truth and not follow those rabbit trails down which Mm -hmm. is really a lie you know the thing that's really a lie yeah gosh we'd be in so much better shape I know so So, yeah and replace I'm also learning to kind of along those same lines this led me to learning to replace those lies to try to catch him as soon as I can and mm-hmm. replace them with God's truth. Every with time, truth. you know, that lie starts to kind of sneak into my head. I have, I'm learning to say, no, that's not God's truth. This is God's truth. And to really um, kind of find refuge in that. Yeah. And, and not to, to get preachy, but that is the reason why we need to hold God's book, his word mm-hmm. in our hearts, because yeah. that's how we know the truth. The, the more you are anchored to that, the more truth you're filling yourself with. And the more, the less you do, the less you're anchored to it. So, yeah. So good, Beck. Wow. Mm. Thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah. That's good. Okay. My last one is Yay. I have something to tell you that I haven't <gasps> told you. Oh, yet. I'm so, so excited. I'm just going to break it here <gasps> in public. Um, There's a million things running through my yes, brain right yes, now. I I'm have imagining no idea. you're not the only one. I have no idea what Allison is going to say. Uh, this is fun. It's really, it's really, really sweet for me. It's really a huge moment. Okay. Um, and I and I feel okay about saying it because it has to do with my grief process, and okay. the grief process is a strange and arduous process. Yeah. But um, ever since. Brent died. Well, before Brent died, I'm just going to say it out there so you can just get over the shock of it, okay? (laughs) Okay. Ever since before Brent died, he used to say, Allison, you can get married again. I (gasps) want you to, I'm not getting married. I'm not getting married. Allison! Calm down. Okay. (laughs) There's no, not, no, no. (laughs) I'm on the ground over here. (laughs) No. But he used to say that. And I used to say, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't have any interest in that. And then he died. And then it was so weird, Becky. My counselor used to say to me, you know, things like, "Um, do you, 
do, are you are you recognizing that Brent is not here anymore? And I would say, yes, I know he's not here. Mm -hmm. It's like so obvious every single second of every single day that yeah. he's not here. And then he would say something, well, are you having a hard time separating yourself from him? And I would just like weep. And mm -hmm. I would say, I, there's no way I can't. Yeah. And it's funny how when your person dies, you... I this is what I found I guess I shouldn't say it like everybody goes through this but what I found in my case was we were physically married 32 years but I stayed married for a long time after that it took me a long time to clean out the things in his closet yeah. and it took me a long time to take off my wedding ring and um, even when I did those things I thought you know, I just can't imagine anything else, anything right. else. And that's been going on for some time. And people off and on will ask me, you know, do you think you'll ever get married again? And I just go, I, I just can't imagine it. I just, I don't even know what to think. I can't think about it. And I've actually been fine with that. I've actually been fine with just being in limbo land because mm -hmm. sometimes limbo land is just where you're at, right. you know? Right. And so um and I and I enjoy this there's things about my single life that I really enjoy. So yeah. I haven't been destitute or anything. I'm not feeling needy. But I noticed in the last four or five months or so that I've been thinking about things more mm -hmm. and I go up to the San Diego kind of frequently and do a lot of thinking on those drives and one time I was on a drive and I just kind of came to the realization that I would really like to share my life with someone Aww. and um and I and so I just went directly to talking to God about it. And I just said, I just kind of shared that with him and mm -hmm. said, you know, just said it straight out. It just felt so strange to say it straight out and say, you know, I, I love my life. I don't need to get married, but it would be sweet when everybody goes home and debriefs with their person and has, you know, that sweet time. I would it would be sweet to have that with someone. Yeah. And I felt so peaceful about it. I just felt like in no way was I dishonoring God. And I went and I talked to my kids about it, and they both gave their blessing. I've talked Aww. to a couple other people that, you know, kind of keep me in line or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and and their response has been really good. And across the board, I, I say, do you feel like I'm being unkind to Brent by feeling that way and and everyone says no I I don't think that at all and so I mean it it, it <laughs> may be nothing right yeah it's nothing it's it's like just a it's just a paradigm shift in my mind but the fact that I have come to that point and I have peacefulness about it is just it's a new beginning it's a new beginning whether or not it comes to something you know right. it just means something has shifted in the whole grieving process and um it's kind of wild and kind of sweet and that's what it is oh it's really sweet and I think I think that's a huge 
step in the, I mean, I don't know anything about grieving processes, but to me, it seems like a huge step in that grieving process that you're, I mean, I don't think you're ever going to stop missing Brent. Even if you do marry someone else, you're never going to stop missing him. Mm -hmm. But just that feeling of kind of being ready to move on with your Mm -hmm. life. And I know, I know that that would make Brent, Mm -hmm. he'd be happy to know that. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I'm grateful that he gave his permission, you know, so that means everything to me. But, and like I said, it might not end up, there might not end up being anything, but I just think when you said, we're going to talk about new beginnings, it just hit me that that is a, a very strong sign of, um, of a grief process coming to a certain point mm-hmm. and um, I think it's a valid point and I think maybe other people could relate to it yeah. and I just want to say it that Yay. a new beginning a maybe I, new beginning I feel like it's like little green sprouts coming up oh <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah so sorry to spring that on you right in public a, like this no I love it yeah I thought it would be kind of fun. Yeah, it was. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for being with us and listening to our stories about new beginnings and what we've learned. And um, our prayer for you this year is that your year is full of new beginnings and new hope and Mm -hmm. um, lots of good lessons learned. Mm -hmm. Restoration, all of it. Yes, absolutely. Love crosses cultures. Yes, it does. See you next time. If you liked what you listened to, please subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at two American peas in a Mexican pod. Look for a new podcast to release every other Monday. And remember, love crosses cultures. <laughs>